In a world where everyone can be so judgmental, this podcast takes the time to analyze daily dilemmas and controversies and provide unbiased information and research to help you make sense of life's complicated issues. Dr. Nikki is a clinical neuropsychologist who integrates her knowledge of psychology, neuropsychology, and culture to process current events and cases in an empathic manner from various perspectives. If you are ready to become more open-minded, come be the critic on our couch. Hello, and welcome back to The Critic's Couch. I am your host, Dr. Nikki, and I'm really looking forward to, you know, sharing some of the information I have been able to gather since, hopefully, you last listened to my introduction. So, you know, you can't have a podcast today and really not talk about the impact that we have all had thanks to COVID. In particular, I would have to say, first and foremost, the relationships or lack thereof I remember when this all started two years ago, I can't believe it's been two years, how stressful this really was for everybody. I remember literally being scared about actually contracting COVID, being someone that works in the hospital. Obviously, of course, it was really frightening. Many of us had no idea what we were dealing with. There wasn't sufficient PPE in many of the places. I remember my husband had to actually make for me a mask. He actually had to go out, get the material, make a mask because we didn't have any. And there was the actual concern about, wow, what what if I contract this illness and die? And I remember as a couple, we decided we needed to get life insurance because we have three children. And it was going to be important to make sure that if something happened to one of us, that the other individual would be able to care for the rest of the family. And that's not something we probably should have thought about before because it could happen at any time, but we had not done that. So for, for many individuals who were in a family setting, I know it was rather frightening just thinking about the fact that one, you may die or two, your spouse may die. Um, but, you know, with, with the whole situation of COVID coming into our lives, it really kind of propelled, if you will, many of the beliefs and values that each person has, right? Kind of brought it up into the forefront. And if you are in a relationship, you definitely had to be on the same page. I know that my husband and I, you know, we were both very clear in terms of restrictions that we wanted to have. I have an elderly mother and unfortunately could not see her initially because we were worried about us getting her sick and or the children. And again, I was seeing patients in the hospital. So I was really worried about just even passing this over to my own immediate family, my husband, my kids. I remember getting home and taking off <laughs> you know, my scrubs and everything in the garage, because again, we really didn't know what we were dealing with. So, you know, we had to be on the same page in terms of the restrictions, who we were going to or not going to socialize with. That was a big one. I remember setting up Zoom calls with family of mine from New York, something we had never done. And we decided to do it just so that we would be able to get in touch with each other. And it became kind of like the in thing to do. For us, I can say for me, I mean, it was clear that COVID was happening. However, I know that for many individuals in this country, they didn't believe the extent of it. I think obviously now no one denies that COVID exists. But of course, I think initially there were some people that were doubting the seriousness of it or even if it existed. And I can't imagine if you were with a couple and one person believed in it and the other did not. 
I've heard of situations where there was one person clearly following all the restrictions and yet their partner was not in the conflicts that created. And then, of course, if you have kids, that was another factor, right? Whether you're, you were going to send your kids to school, obviously, initially, children had to be home taught virtually. I know for myself, that was in some way a peace of mind, but I can also tell you extremely stressful peace of mind because, okay, I was able to keep my kids at home and not worry about them contracting COVID. However, I can only tell you from my end that it was pretty stressful on me. I was having to come home and Lord knows I definitely appreciated teachers even more than before because I was having to review, especially with my youngest, a lot of the material. And as wonderful of a parent, I think you know, many of us can be, we were not trained to be teachers and can't take the job of a teacher. And even though many of the teachers, they did a phenomenal job. I mean, they were teaching in person and virtually and simultaneously. It still wasn't quite the same. And I can, again, only speak for my children that I saw that it did impact them. They got through the school year, but it did impact them. So again, if your partner was not on the same page, when it came to things like that, I can see how that would definitely create conflicts. And even later on, the whole issue of vaccinations, whether to be vaccinated or not, again, for me, that wasn't even a question working in the medical setting, but for many individuals, and I have family members of mine and friends of mine who were not on board with the vaccinations. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if they still are. So that can definitely create conflicts within the family. You may have some individuals that'll say, no, no, You know, I don't want to be associated with someone who's not vaccinated, other people who may not care. So all of these factors definitely can have or have had an impact in relationships. Um, The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is kind of uh, something you can find online, it's not an actual constitution, that's what it's called, said that recently what I read was that initially couples were really holding off on divorcing. That has now since increased. There's a 34 increase in the interest of divorce. Doesn't mean people are actually pursuing it, but there's definitely more an increase of divorce. And interestingly enough, but not surprising, that newly married couples pursuing divorces are double the rates of that of 2019. I guess for some people, they uh, got way more than what they expected. So, you know, taking all these matters into consideration. It's not surprising that there's been an increase in relationship conflicts. Bottom line is, if you had some pre-existing issues before, which let's face it, what couple, what family doesn't have pre-existing issues? During the pandemic, it probably became more heightened. The communication that a couple may have. If you didn't have good communication skills before, and you were finding yourself spending all this time together, it was definitely, definitely, definitely going to have an impact on your communication during the pandemic. My husband previously traveled every single week, um, usually either Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday. He would be home on the weekends, but he traveled every single week. We spoke every day by phone, but Quite honestly, if he was, you know, in Europe or, you know, somewhere else where the time difference was significant, you know, we briefly would be able to communicate sometime by text, but we tried as much as verbally and, of course, for him to be home on the weekends. Well, when COVID happened, all that changed. My husband was home 24-7, and he still is, as a matter of fact. 
we were very blessed in the sense that um, for me, it was actually a relief because prior to that, I was kind of carrying the weight of, you know, working my own private practice and teaching and yet having to kind of manage three kids, three school age kids. So that meant preparing food, that meant preparing lunches, homework, taking them to school, transportation, things like that. So having him at home was actually, for me, a huge relief. I understand that for other people, that's not the case. Also, the the lack of privacy. Now, when we think of privacy, it doesn't mean like, oh, I can't have my partner seeing what I'm doing. No, we all need to have that private time. I know for myself, I put my kids to sleep. Even when my husband wasn't here, I put my kids to bed. They were younger, so it would be eight o'clock now. It's more eight between 8.30 and nine o'clock, but that's me time. That's a time that either A, I like to spend with my husband, a little downtime before we go to sleep, or even if he's home, sometimes I may say, you know what, I'm going to go watch my one of my shows. I'm a, I'm a reality TV buff, I got to confess. <laughs> I'm kind of addicted to it. Maybe it's because I'm a psychologist, even though other psychologists have theories about that. We'll talk about that some other day. My husband is not. I may torture him once in a while to watch it with me, but that's not really his thing. He's more of a sports guy. So I like that time where I can go ahead to one room and just take that time for me. And that privacy was lost with COVID when you had everybody at home, especially initially. I know it was myself, my husband, my three kids, and we made sure everybody were able to just go and spend time in their own room. I understand not everybody has the uh, opportunity to do that. Not everybody has a household where everybody has their own room. So that created a lot of tension for many families. Recent studies has also showed an increase in domestic violence. So for many people whereby they were able to escape, whether it be for work or family member, unfortunately, during the initial stages of COVID, that was not the case. I also read recently that with the pandemic came an increase in gender roles at home, which I thought was rather interesting, meaning that we kind of went back a little bit to the sense of women becoming more the primary homemaker. Doesn't mean it's going to stay like that, but bottom line is that there was an increase in that. There was an article written on thecut.com that also pointed out one of the things that have impacted relationships or did impact relationships is that whatever secrets the individual was keeping from their partner came out. I actually, in this particular article, read a woman who reported that she thought her husband had stopped drinking and obviously realized during the pandemic that was not the case. And we will spend some time talking about that as well, because we have also seen an increase in the use of alcohol during the pandemic. I know many celebrities have come out and talked about the fact that they're no longer drinking because they saw that they were drinking a lot more, especially during the initial stages of the pandemic. Working from home, if both individuals were working from home, again, um, I love my partner, but um, being at home 24-7 can definitely create a lot of tension. I think it's important for everybody to have that alone time. And um, another thing that was pointed out in this article was many couples started realizing that they really didn't have that much in common anymore, which I thought that was pretty interesting. So, you know, we've been talking a little bit about all the issues that many couples face, but 
What about single individuals? This was definitely a, a, or is a trying time for someone who is single. Unlike before, you can meet somebody outside. Initially, you couldn't meet anybody. <laughs> you couldn't even meet your friends or family. In one particular article that I read, it mentioned that one in four singles had sex with a non-romantic roommate that was actually on a website, www.wsj.com, that was looking at how the pandemic affected dating, marriages, and relationships. It was a way of kind of indicating that for many individuals, this was a way of them seeking intimate relationships. The time also pointed out to the fact that just because the pandemic occurred did not mean that many singles did not want to date. On the contrary, it reported that they did a multinational survey of almost 700 single individuals, most of them females, and a group of researchers from across the globe found that single people were more interested in finding a partner if they were more concerned about COVID-19. I thought that was pretty interesting. And a professor of communication at Chapman University in Orange, California, Jennifer Baven, pointed out that many singles still cared about their physical attractiveness. So again, just further pointing to the fact that even individuals who were single were seeking relationships. And the bottom line is, even though the pandemic did put a lot of strain in many relationships, we all strive to be in romantic relationships. Why is that? Well, you know, if you, if you really look to the researchers, they will tell you relationships or love is a a rewarding factor. It is actually something that comes from the brain. In Harvard Medical School, a recent study was published. It's mentioned that in 2005, Fisher led a research team that published a groundbreaking study, uh, which included what's known as functional MRIs of the brain in terms of individuals that were in a romantic relationship. Her team analyzed 2,500 brain scans of college students. That's a lot. And basically, they had them view pictures of someone special to them and compared those scans to ones taken when the students looked at pictures of just, you know, regular acquaintances. Photos of people that they romantically love caused the participants' brain to become active in regions rich with dopamine. What is dopamine, my friend? You know, you're going to hear a lot about different things related to the brain. And dopamine is one of those neurotransmitters that is known as the feel-good transmitter, right? If the dopamine levels are high, which is what happens with certain drugs, the person reports feeling good. When our dopamine levels are low, that often can lead to depression. Now, it's important to also know that they noticed that it showed activity in the caudate nucleus, which is a region associated with reward detection and expectation and the integration of sensory experiences into social behavior. Also, the ventral tegmental area, which is associated with pleasure. So all of these areas were activated. So, you know, it's important to understand that we need these relationships, right? There is a change that actually takes place in our brain when we are in love and when we are happy. It makes us feel pleasurable. It makes us feel good. So what can we do? 
you know, if you are in a strained relationship at this time, it is important to maybe look at some of these factors. Now, I want you to know that the American Journal of Emergency Medicine recently published um, stating that most relationships have actually thrived in the pandemic. According to a research that was done at Kinsey Institute at Indiana University, some 74% of married couples surveyed in late 2020 felt the pandemic actually straightened their marriage. I can say that is for me. I understand that that is not for everybody. But what, if anything, has helped many of these couples during the pandemic? There's different researchers out there that have pointed out some of the things that you can actually do. There was an article recently written by Kira Newman from Berkeley. And well, Kira Newman is the managing editor of Greater Good. And she actually published some of her work based on, I guess, information gathered from Berkeley. But some of the strategies that the couples have tried during the pandemic was number one, making time for each other, planning a date. Now that things are lifting, meaning restrictions are lifting, it's more realistic, but even even before, it can mean just planning a date in your backyard, going to a park. Another factor that couples have been able to do or continue to do is working on communication. This is a huge factor. If you are not able to communicate with your partner, then it's going to be quite challenging to really be able to make the relationships thrive. Setting boundaries. That, like I said, was a big factor for me. I wanted to make sure that I have my alone time. I am a firm believer on working on your mental health, just as we work on our physical health and our appearance. It's important that we work on our mental health every single day. And you want to make sure you take time out for yourself and make sure each person has privacy and space because that is important. Practicing mindfulness. What is that exactly? Um, being kind and patient in your interactions with each other and also checking in on each other's uh, mental health. I know for myself, when I've had an exhausting day at work, I will tell my kids and my husband, hey, I've had a tough day at work and I I need some time. There was a, a recent fellow at the University of Utah that reported that according to the School of Relationship Science, known as Communication Theory of Resilience, Couples who focus on the five following habits can weather hard times more easily. So the five techniques are, you ready? Maintaining some semblance of normalcy within their routines. So I know for myself and my family, even when my kids were going to school virtually, we made sure we got up every day at a certain time, have breakfast at a certain amount of time exercise. I try to get out outside, get the kids outside as much as possible, but that was very important. It's not a matter of sleeping in and, you know, just kind of messing with the schedule. You want to maintain some kind of normalcy. Number two, talking to their spouse as well as sympathetic others about their concerns. One of the biggest impacts that we saw here with COVID is that lack of socialization really impacted individuals. Because if we think about it, if we're going through some difficulty, a lot of us, yeah, we'll speak to the spouse. But if the difficulty is our spouse and kids, we quite often want to speak to other people, whether it be our sibling, our parent, our friends. And um, for some of us, we lost that initially. So it's important to talk to others as well as to be sympathetic with others about their concerns. 
Number three, reminding ourselves of who we are and what we believe. I know for many, this was very challenging. And I think for most of us, our values and beliefs have been tested. And in some ways, I think it's good. I think there's been a lot of things that have come out in the forefront during these last two or three years that many of us probably never really thought of. And we'll talk about some of those in this podcast as well. Reframing their situation in a positive way. I had read somewhere that if an individual blamed a pandemic and not their partner for their difficulties and stressors, that that put less strain on the relationship, which makes sense. I think it's important to understand that a lot of what may be going on, the strain that may be going on in your relationship could very well be due to what we have been faced in the last two years. So reframing your situation in a more positive way or different way. And finally, focusing on how good things will be once this is over. I think we got to be a little bit careful with that because I don't know if COVID is ever going to be over. At least that's what we're learning, right? I think it's a matter of learning how is it that we're going to to live with it. One of the things that I do want to point out just to further show you how important relationships are in one of the articles that I read, it pointed to the fact that for some individuals where they didn't have, let's say, a relationship, the lockdown had them focus more on, dare I say, uh, fake relationships or what they call parasocial relationships. That is relationship with folks who they do not know, but with whom they have formed an attachment, such as what we see on social media, uh, in particular TikTok or with celebrities. It's not surprising that during the pandemic, many individuals became famous on TikTok and also many celebrities had a huge increase in their followers. There were many celebrities who were never in social media and then decided to get on Instagram. Um, like I know Jennifer Aniston and things like that. So it just goes to show you really um, the importance it is to have positive relationships. And we have positive relationships it makes us happy. And when it makes us happy, it increases the dopamine levels and it rewards us and it becomes a full circle. So this is why it's so important just to have those good functional relationships around us. And that is not just with our romantic partners, that is also with our friends, our family. So, you know, if there's anything we have learned through COVID is really the importance of socializations and the relationships. Many of them may have been strained, but the way I see it, in many of those cases, the truth has come out and it's better to live your life with the truth than to go about with a lie. Well, I hope you appreciated this podcast and I look forward to bringing you a lot more information, particularly those that come from journals and even my own experiences to kind of help you guys to get through this. So, you know, I do want to end this podcast with a brief challenge if you're in a relationship and you're going through some challenges, maybe look over some of the things that I suggested in terms of spending more quality time with your partner and really working on those communications and see, because quite honestly, a lot of times when we go through difficult moments in our relationships, that's when we really come out stronger at the end. So if you are going through a challenging situation, I highly encourage you to take the time to really process this and hopefully see if you can get to a better end 
during this pandemic, whether it be with your partner that you come out stronger or by yourself. And if you are single, hopefully this pandemic has shown you how resilient you are and how you've been able to get through this situation. But take the opportunity to maybe reach out to somebody who may be going through a challenging time during this pandemic and just extend some line of communication with them. Once again, my name is Dr. Nikki, and um, hopefully uh, you'll take one of these challenges to allow you to open yourself up a little bit more. And um, thank you for joining me on The Critic's Couch. Have a blessed day.